0: Hi, everybody, welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, June 22nd, 2022. My name is Matt Tiamanini. I'm coming to you in a little bit of an update because after we recorded our normal episode of Today on Broadway, I went to the gym, and while I was at said gym, some pretty big breaking news dropped. And by now, you might have heard that the phenomenal Tony-winning revival of Company has announced a closing date. The show will run through July 31st, which will be 300 performances, exactly 268 regular and 32 previews. And then it will close up shop at the Bernard B. Jacobs Theater. Then the show will go out on a national tour beginning in the fall of 2023. Of course, this is a very, very disappointing uh, move in a show that I said, other than some qualms that I had with the casting of Katrina Link, was a perfect production. And the Tony Awards certainly noted how great of a production Marion Elliott put together along with that phenomenal cast. However, there are six weeks left of performances. I know that I have already gotten a uh, a ticket to the closing performance since I will be in town. I believe Ashley Steves also has as well. So um, we send our best over to everybody at the Bernard B. Jacobs Theater. And we hope that everybody who wants to see this show on Broadway before it closes has the opportunity to do that, and that. I am very glad that it will be heading out on tour in a little over a year. So I will be getting into the rest of today on Broadway now along with the great Grace Aki. Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, June 22nd, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tiamanini.
1: And I'm Tell Me On a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki.
0: Grace, how are you? We uh, haven't chatted in a while. Uh, everything going well? You got back home to New Jersey?
1: I'm famously back. Um, I had plans to see a show tonight. Unfortunately, we had a, ironically, we had a COVID cancellation, which. It's funny that it leads into the news of the fact that people think it's over um, so I was really upset that I'm missing a, a show tonight but I hope to reschedule it for another time uh, there's so much good theater that I'm seeing off Broadway, downtown there's there's a lot of good stuff happening so um, I'll keep you all updated on what I see but I've got some I've got some cool shows that I'm attending soon
0: yeah absolutely unfortunately you couldn't do it tonight and mm-hmm. when you say it's funny based off of the first story that we have it's like ironic funny it's not Funny, ha Funny. ha. Funny. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Um, let's dive into the news, and we are going to start off with the announcement from the Broadway League that they will be making masking optional beginning on July 1st at all 41 Broadway theaters. Of course, the Broadway League is encouraging audience members to continue to wear masks during performances, but it will not be mandatory. The current mandate will run through. Uh, Thursday, June 30th, um, I, for one, uh, will continue to wear a mask in crowded theaters. Uh, the masking policy, policy starting on August 1st will be determined at a later date as the science surrounding COVID and different waves continues. Apparently, this will be a monthly uh, process for the Broadway League. Um, I did see some actors uh, being very concerned about this, the fact that audience members are no longer having to be masked, but Broadway performers still must sit out for 10 days following a COVID diagnosis. I don't know that that's the right way or the wrong way to do it. I, I have no idea, but it does feel like one of the organizations that governs a lot of this safety stuff is moving along far more quickly, than the other one. I don't know if one's right, one's wrong, or if right is somewhere in the middle. But it does create some problems when you have a policy for the actors that was set a year and a half ago, as opposed to a policy set for the audience that was set like 35 minutes ago.
1: I think that's the, that's the real takeaway here, is the fact that um, there's a really big disconnect with like, these are the rules for these people, and these rules just for these people, because let's face it, like that could cost somebody their rent if they miss 10 days of their show. Um, so if you think about it that way, you know, costing somebody thousands of dollars because let's say that they're positive, but they're able to go on, but then, you know, what if there's an immunocompromised person in the audience and they're singing and spitting Jonathan Groff style onto them, you know, like there's, there's there's all these, yeah, there's, there's all these factors that go into it. So I think that, We've got to figure out some more clarity. I don't have the best answer. I know that I'm not, you know, we can't, we can't possibly all have the no. right call, but we've been learning throughout this whole pandemic. And I've been watching, you know, people on tour that have been dealing with this in, in a couple of cities recently where it is mask optional and also just like isn't even talked about. So, um, yeah, it's definitely confusing. And, and again, when you announce something like this and then everyone sees it, it seems like that's when it is going into effect. So because it's not going into effect right now, but they've announced it, Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge miscommunication error because now you've got people probably attending going, okay, well, it's over, you know, just like they did on the airplanes. And, you know, they announced it over the thing and all this stuff. So I think I'm just very worried about the people that – are the COVID compliance officers or whomever is, is standing there having to still, and the ushers that are still being like, well, no, it's, it's still right now. You're putting them in a really awkward position and ultimately uh, in a confrontational one, which isn't fair, which is not what they signed up for. So I'm just concerned for all the people that have to communicate these things. Uh, but other than that, you know, we'll just see what's going forward. I, I appreciate, you know, us trying to look towards progress as long as that progress is safe for everyone and it doesn't cost everyone their time, health and money.
0: It's it, and safety and it goes beyond just health, though, too. Safety goes with job security, goes with financial security. And obviously, people who are on Broadway make more money than a lot of people, you know, he, he, within the sound of my voice. They, they, they do very well while they are employed, but we understand that the lifestyle of actors is to not be employed 52 weeks a year, uh, in most that. cases, even on Broadway. So it's like you, it's, it's a push and pull of trying to figure out exactly the right way to make these things work. And I don't think that the, the correct answer for this has been figured out yet. And I think a lot of that has to do with the lack of coordination between the Broadway League with Actors' Equity and all the other stakeholders and unions that they just have not seemingly been working hand in hand for a, a an industry that touts the collaborative process as being part and parcel with the art that they are creating, it seems like they have very much kind of just decided to go things on their own and figure it out. And whatever that means for everybody else, oh well, figure it out on your own, and uh, you know, catch up if and when you can. So
1: yeah, because we have to remember, we're make they're making a business decision. You know, yes. tourism is down; people are scared to come into the city. I mean, look at look at the levels of you know the the at least media presence of. Um, you know, fear uh, going on in the city. So I think that all of those things are a factor into what the summer is going to look like. This is post-Tony's time. They have to make choices based on the fact that they are trying to stay afloat. So I understand to many, many extents of of why they're making some of these choices. It's just really terrifying for those that are immunocompromised as well.
0: All right, let's stick with some Broadway news, but something of a very different variety as my 90s, early millennial, late Gen X heart is very happy about, because coming up this September, the iconic band Weezer will be having a five-night residency at the Broadway Theater to coincide with their innovative new Seasons project, which is S-Z-N-Z. It's a collection of four EPs, one for each season, winter, spring, summer, and fall. Um, they will be running at the Broadway from September 13th through September 18th. Each each night's show will not only correspond with a different season's EP, but we'll also see the band uh, playing some of their classics from their catalog. The fifth night of shows will be a mix of songs from all of the seasons' album uh, albums, as well as Weezer fan favorites. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to throw in um, "Undone," "The Sweater Song," uh, "Buddy Holly." Yeah, My yeah name anything is from Jonas. the blues. Everything from the Blue album is iconic, so maybe some of those songs will be uh, featured right now while I'm talking underneath this conversation. But I was a big, big big-time Weezer fan back in the day. I remember getting the Blue album on CD uh, because I am very, very old.
1: Okay, famously, I was also a big Weezer fan, but I realized that I probably wasn't of the same age as you when the stuff was no. coming out. It doesn't matter. No. I will beg to, to be late. at that's this show. Point. No, yeah. I I demand that I am at this show. So <laughs> I am. So I want to scream, say it ain't so on Broadway. You have no idea. Oh, I am cool. quaking yeah. in my bones about this. The only sign that you know is um, Beverly Hills. That's fine. I want you to show up. You're welcome here. Um, I- I'm thrilled about this. And I also think... That like I know because I'm sure a lot of people are like put Broadway shows in Broadway houses. Sure, 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 sure. They have to stay afloat, guys. In order to have those weird, if, in order for us to have Dana H, we've got to have Weezer, and I will go on the record to say that. So oh, keep yeah. it up. I, I, I mean, I'll take this nine times over. You know, a, a guy that I could see in concert touring, uh, cough, cough. You know, people that have had long residencies in Broadway theaters. I, I I'll take this a million times over. So I'm, I'm excited for it.
0: I want to be there. I've been say- yeah, I've been saying this for years. Like I want Broadway theaters to put stuff like this and, you know, one-person shows and weird things like that aren't necessarily theater in the houses in between um regular runs even on monday nights like they did with celebrity autobiography like put that on a monday night i want there to be reasons to get people into broadway theaters that they might not normally want to come to see a play or a musical get them in a broadway theater show them what broadway is like and then it might encourage them to come back for something else that is traditional theater this is a way not only like you said to make some extra money for the theater owners not that they're in tough shape, but I want them to keep, you know, having the the ability to kind of be a little bit more flexible and creative with their programming because of these things. But it also is a way to encourage people to see what Broadway is all about. So it also gives some weird opportunities for stuff. Weezer, Bruce, Springsteen, all those other random Residencies that we had in the past. Those are different because these are big time stars already. But for things like, you know, I mentioned celebrity autobiography or or even if it was something like Freestyle Love Supreme doing like one night a week or something like do different things like that so that there are different opportunities for people to come see shows, do it at different price points. I I am 100 percent on board with having Nary a Dark Night in a Broadway house, so glad also, we're on the same page.
1: I just want to throw this out there too. Producers, take this away from me. Um, if there's a if there's a band like Weezer or somebody else that wants to go up on a Monday night, like you just suggested. Have somebody from have Derek Clint a guest spot and do a song with them and promote Moulin Rouge. Like, what's wrong with that? Like, I think that that would be a cross promotional tool because I've always had you know I'm constantly being like, well, how can we also promote the theater? <laughs> um, you yeah. know, like nobody's gonna have like, a, oh, you know what? Let's have ten minutes of Is This a Room in between their sets. I don't think that that's gonna work. But uh, you know, th- there's there's a way to to marry all these worlds and also keep them separate. But I agree with you. Let's let's do it. I think, and I I
0: we All right, let's move on to some traditional show and casting news. And yesterday, the Young Vic announced the casting creative team for the world premiere musical Mandela, which will feature a book by Leona Michel, uh, Michelle, music and lyrics by Greg Dean Borowski and Sean Borowski and directed by Shelley Williams. The show will begin performances in London on November 29th this year. The cast will be led by Hamilton alum Michael Luwaye and Daniel Fiamania as Nelson and Winnie Mandela. We will have the link to the uh Complete cast and creative team in the show notes if you want to check that out. Big Michael Luwai'e fan. Not only was he great in Hamilton at various productions across the country, he was also on an X-Men tangential TV show called uh, The Gifted or Gifted that was on Fox for a hot minute that I really liked.
1: I want to say this about Michael. I'll shout this out. James Monroe, Eichelhart, my sweet, sweet, sweet man, brought me back during my bachelorette trip on stage and I got to meet Michael. He was, he was playing Hamilton at mm. the time. And... You know, my friend Kara, our our friend Kara, that is also a podcaster. The way she long hugged that man was far too (laughs) long. And God bless Michael for just like being kind and rolling with it. But I was like, Kara, you are now obsessed and you've got to take a break. Uh, But he was just such a such an amazing gentleman. And I can't wait to see him in the show.
0: Yeah, he's uh, a he's a hunky individual. That is for sure. Uh, All right. So I'm very happy for the folks at Chicago for kind of doing the right thing after they gave (laughs) – The Search for Roxy uh, contest winner, Emma Pittman, a whole 37 seconds in the role of Roxy Hart on Broadway. They're giving her an extended run, not because they thought she was great and she deserved extra time, but because the in, follow me here, the incoming Velma Kelly, Lana Gordon, is out with COVID. So what they are doing is because Bianca Marquin was set to take over as Roxy Hart beginning on Tuesday, June 21st, since she has played both of the lead women in the show. They are moving her from Roxy to Velma and having Emma stay in the role for an extra week. So instead of getting Lana as uh, Velma and Bianca as Roxy starting on Tuesday, June 1st, Bianca will be playing Velma Kelly starting on June 21st, and Emma will continue her run for an extra week, at which time Lana will come in to take over as Velma and Bianca will be Roxy. Did that make sense? Are you following? Did I say that right or did I screw it all up?
1: No, it totally makes sense. I actually watched TikTok on this, but, so you're correct. Uh, but Bianca okay. de is the only Roxy I've ever seen, and she is an icon, so you're going to want to see is. that show.
0: All right, and some other news. We have previously talked about a new comedy written by Matthew Lombardo called When Playwrights Kill that was supposed to have its world premiere production in Connecticut this summer. It was supposed to run from July 26th through August 7th and was going to star Jeremy Jordan, Harriet Harris, Andre de Shields, Arnie Burton, and more. Well, yesterday, the producers decided to cancel that run in Hartford, saying that they would, quote, further develop the play this summer in New York City. What was not immediately clear to me, Grace, was whether that meant, ooh, this show's not ready for an audience, we're going to keep working on it during the summer and then bring it back to Hartford, which they said they would do um, at a later date, or is it because, oh, this show is really good, we're going to do a show in New York this summer, and then eventually take it back to Hartford later on. Uh, They did say that the cast was remaining with the production. So I don't know what that means. They said further information will be announced at a later date um, for, for you know, for whatever happens with this. So I'm not sure if this is, the show's got a great cast and is actually really good. So let's do it in New York now, or the show is not good at all. And we need more time to work on it. Let's do it in Hartford later. Do you have any insight on that?
1: No, I don't have insight, but I do have the fact that, like, you know, with the announcement and everything and Andre, like, they might have just had better commercial interest that said, hey, we've got an opening at this theater, we're going to take it. You know what I mean? Like, their schedules might have realigned with owners and producers said, oh, this is actually not going in here. We can maximize the schedule for all of our actors. You know, so it's constantly shifting. So I could see that happening.
0: Yeah, this is a show that has an amazing cast, so it's going to show up somewhere, and I'm excited to see where it actually goes because Matthew Lombardo is really funny. A lot of his shows, he's done a lot of one-person shows, did the Who's Holiday show that uh, um, was supposed to star Jennifer Samard, and then Leslie Margarita did it and all this stuff, so uh, very, very interesting project. Uh, All right. Real quick, let's wrap up this section with talking about the Soho Reps 2022-2023 season that they announced on Tuesday. The The season will feature three world premiere shows starting in October, running from October 12th through November 13th, will be the world premiere commission Montag by Kate Tarker and directed by Dustin Willis. That show will be followed up early in 2023, starting in February, February 15th through March 26th. It'll be a world premiere. Premier commission of public obscenities written and directed by shayak Kamasha uh, and then the season will wrap up later in the spring from may 24th through july 2nd with a world premiere commission called the whitney album by jillian walker and directed by jenny coons the complete season um with further descriptions of each of these individual shows will be available in the show notes if you want to learn more about them All right, so real quick, let's take a break from the news and talk about our sponsor for this week. Today takes Grace at the top of the show. You talked about all of the great theater, especially off-Broadway and off-off-Broadway that you are seeing lately. I need help. I have not done nearly as much work as I normally do on my schedule because I haven't had time. I've been busy. It's been a late addition to my to my travel plans. I've got trips to St. Louis and Las Vegas before I come to New York, like literally back to back to back. I'm leaving Orlando, going to St. Louis, going to Las Vegas, going back to St. Louis, going to New York. So New York has not been on the top of my priority list. So I need help figuring out what I'm going to see in July and August. And of course, I'm going to rely on you, but I'm also going to rely our friends at TodayTix because they have the best prices for some of the most incredible theater out there. And it's a one-stop shop for theater tickets. So you can get tickets to Broadway, to Off-Broadway, Off-Off-Broadway, cabaret, comedy, and so much more. All you have to do is download the TodayTix app or visit todaytix.com to find the shows you want and need to see. And getting tickets is easier than ever. With the app, you can check out in 30 seconds or less.
1: That's the thing is like, I love today ticks because you have the opportunity to be spontaneous. Like you were saying, like you could show up in New York right now and go, Ooh, do I want to see a couple of shows? Now I can just fire up this app. But that would,
0: that would make me nervous.
1: I know you would never, but I know how you are. And I know how a lot of our listeners are, which is they like to buy in advance. Well, I'm literally looking at the app right now and you can get exclusive pricing for death of a salesman that doesn't start until September 19th. You can pick your seats for death of a salesman. I mean, this is, it's, it's so exciting because it's so accessible, but you can do that. You can, you can, buy your tickets in advance. You can not freak out like Matt would <laughs> the day of, or you can be like me and be fly by the seat of your pants and, and get something uh, the day that you're looking to go in New York. But they also give you access to exclusive pre-sales, like I just mentioned, uh, limited time offers, digital lottery programs. If you're firing up your apps at 9.58 a.m., that's a good time. 10 a.m. <laughs> is usually when those lottery uh, lotteries happen. And a lot of people have gotten really lucky. You can also like promote it on Twitter. I've seen a lot of those people. Um, but they also offer like programs, to sold out shows. They've got day of discounted tickets. tickets. Tickets, and it's not just for Broadway and London's West End, like Matt said. He's traveling a lot, and you can find tickets all across the US and the world Chicago, LA, DC, San Francisco, Sydney, and more.
0: See that show you've always wanted to see, or discover something new that you'll love just as much for even less. Go to todayticks.comslash Broadway and use promo code Broadway to get ten dollars off your first Today Ticks purchase.
1: That's promo code Broadway at T-O-D-A-Y-T-I-X dot com slash Broadway for an additional $10 off your first ticket purchase.
0: TodayTix.com slash Broadway. All right, Grace, even though the Tony Awards are in the rear view mirror, we are still in the thick of tone. We are still in the thick of awards season. On Monday night, we got the winners of the 2022 Cheetah Rivera Awards. Let's run through those real quick. The winner for Outstanding Choreography in a Broadway show is your boy, Bill T. Jones, Garrett Coleman and Jason Arimus for Paradise Square. Outstanding <laughs> Male dan- <laughs> outstanding male Dancer in a Broadway show was a tie between Tony winner Miles Frost for MJ and Jared Grimes for Funny Girl. Outstanding Female Dancer in a Broadway show goes to Tendaya Kumba for For Colored Girls Who Have Considered suicide. Aside, when the rainbow is enough, outstanding ensemble in a Broadway show went to for Colored Girls. Um, we also had a couple of Off Broadway awards: outstanding choreography in an Off Broadway show, Josh Prince for Trevor, An outstanding ensemble in an Off Broadway show went to The Wrong Man. Which seems very odd because I swear that show played MCC in like 2015. I swear that's what happened. Um, And then uh, Outstanding Choreography in a Theatrical Release, meaning a movie, goes to Tick Tick Boom for uh, Ryan Heffington and associate choreographer Ryan Spencer. Uh, Sticking in the awards category stuff, we got the second annual antonio award nominations uh, on uh tuesday as well and i have to say the first annual awards were one of the highlights to the early days of the pandemic i'm very excited to see what they do with these awards i'm just going to run through some of the big ones we will have the complete list of nominees in the show notes for best musical the nominees are mj paradise square a strange loop caroline or change intimate apparel and black no more best play goes to clyde's Thoughts of a Colored Man, Confederates, What to Send Up When It Goes Down, Nollywood Dreams... On Sugarland Land, in Colored Water. Best Revival, Macbeth, Skeleton Crew, Trouble in Mind, Twilight Los Angeles 1992, Merry Wives, Skin of Our Teeth, um, and for, they do make a note that For Colored Girls is not eligible because the Off-Broadway version won in 2020. Uh, real quick, uh, Best Actor in a Musical Broadway, Miles Frost for MJ, uh, Juakina Congo for Paradise Square, Jacquelle Spivey for A Strange Loop, Sharon D. Clark for Carolina Change. Best Actor in a musical off-Broadway, Kirsten Piper-Brown for Intimate Apparel, Brittany Nicole Simpson for Penelope or How the Odyssey Was Really Written, uh, Brianna Marie Parham for a commercial jingle for Regina Comet, Tariq Trotter for Black No More, Brandon Victor Dixon for Black No More, and Justin Austin for for Intimate Apparel. Best Actor in a Play, Broadway, Namira Smallwood for Passover, Felicia Rashad, Skeleton Crew, Ruth Nega for Macbeth, Gabby Beans for Skin of Our Teeth, LaShawn's Trouble in Mind, Uzo Aduba for Clydes, and Lawrence Fishburne in American Buffalo. And last one we'll go over here. Best Actor in a Play, Off-Broadway, Crystal A. Dickinson for Colored Water, Susan Kelechi Watson for Merry Wives, Kiki Lane for On Sugarland, Kyle Beltran for Case for the Existence of God, Jacob Ming Tren for Merry Wives, Daniel J. Watts for The Last of the Love Letters. And, uh, and yeah, that's it. Uh, so we'll have the complete list of those nominations in the show notes. Loved the first uh, Antonio Awards, Grayson. Pumped that this is becoming a, a yearly tradition.
1: Same. And once again, justice for Namir Swalwood, I swear he is, he's going to be the name on everybody's lips and they're going to say, oh, I wish I had seen him in Passover. I wish I had seen him at Steppenwolf. Well, I did and he's amazing and I can't wait to see him in more stuff. So yeah, I agree with you. I hope this continues to be a wonderful tradition as it has been.
0: Yep. All right, real quick, got a couple feel good recommendations and the first one is the latest single uh, uh, released from the original cast recording of Limpica. This one is called Perfection and it features George Abood and the rest of the company. Um, It's weird. It's kind of like a uh, uh, sounds like a song that might have been cut from or not cut, but like uh, part of an early workshop of chess at times. Um, I really love this song. I think this show is going to be absolutely mind blowing. And I know they've only recorded a handful of songs because they're still working on it. When I spoke with Matt Gould on the composer in a previous episode of This Week in Theater, uh, he talked about the fact that they spent a lot of time today. Is it? Happy it's birthday. It's his 43rd Gould. birthday. Yeah. Oh wow. He's a couple years older than me. Um so he talked about the fact that they were still, you know, working on you know updating the score and all that stuff. But this sounds very Eurovision meets chess. So I love that, especially in in relation to woman is that we heard from Eden. Uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, And then the other one is a TikTok from two of the coolest people in the musical theater space, uh, Aliri Ward, who, if you don't know who she is, she's kind of blowing up. Over the pandemic, she started recording, uh, like, acoustic versions and rearrangements of Sondheim songs. She's since released an album and done a bunch of, like, uh, Joe's Pub shows, and she's on tour with Josh Groban now. She did an acoustic cover of Giants in the Sky with upcoming Into the Woods star Joshua Henry, he doesn't sing Giants in the Sky in the show, but they did a little dueling guitar duet, which is very cool, I love this get uh, get her album and uh, get tickets to see him in Into the Woods now that you never knew before not till the sky there in the sky.
1: Yeah, if you aren't already following Ellery Ward on TikTok, you're missing out. The content's amazing. Her albums are so beautiful. I can't wait to own them on vinyl. Um, Mm -hmm. She's going to be touring with Josh Groban, like you said, and uh, it's just it's it's up and up and up for her from there.
0: Absolutely. All right, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt Grace. Where can the folks find you?
1: You can find me on all social media platforms at It's Grace Aki. Uh, right now, if you are following me, I apologize that I am promoting the hell out of my show. <laughs> But I, but I just want you to know that I'm sure that the content will go back to just bagels and toast after July 29th. But until then, you know, just a reminder, July 27th, we're going to be talking about it more, but we are going to have a Broadway radio exclusive talk back, which mm-hmm. sounds uh, really aggressive that I'm not interviewing myself, but we will be <laughs> recording it. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, but I'm just so excited about it. So if you are following me on any social platform at It's Grace Aki, just know it's going to be a lot of that until the end of July. But thank you for your patience.
0: Yeah, and I will be at the show on the 29th if anyone wants to come and uh, see it with me, because you should. So, all right, that's all we have. Have a wonderful hump day, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.